Welcome to FMC Radio, your officially unofficial source for all things Free Methodist. From in-depth discussions with key FMC leaders to daily updates from General Conference, we want to keep a consistent stream of information flowing to you regarding where God is leading the Free Methodist Church. I'm your host, Josh Avery, and I want to invite you to sit back, relax, and join us as we learn together now what it means to be Free Methodists in this episode of the FMC Radio Show. Episode 130, December 9th, 2019. And as I'm recording this on December 9th, it is now two days and two weeks until Christmas. And as always, it's just crazy how fast time goes. It's unbelievable. Two weeks and two days. I, I will be honest, I have not done... Uh, the majority of my Christmas shopping. I hope I don't wait too much longer. I need to go out maybe later today or something. Um, but uh, hey, as far as this show goes for Christmas, we're going to try to produce content for the most part every single week. Um, even on Christmas Eve Eve on the 23rd, which is a Monday, we will have a new episode for you as far as I know. Um, but December 30th is the week that we will take off. So, you know, that week in between Christmas and New Year's, um, that'll give me some time to kind of get some things ready for next year, um, all that sort of a thing. But uh, yeah, I, I'm excited about what we have coming to you the rest of this month. That will be three episodes, including today. Um, and especially starting next week, just excited to talk about um, uh, kind of a, a series on Christmas, but not just you know the traditional Christmas stuff. Um, I, I'm really excited to talk to some people. Again, uh, more on this next week, but excited to talk to some people that um, we're going to look at some different aspects of Christmas uh, that might not normally be talked about. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I want you to look forward to that. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to it uh, starting next week. Um, and, and we'll talk about a, a Christmas theme also today after the break, but it's just going to be me. So it's not as exciting as uh, I'm excited to talk to somebody next week who I'll introduce to you then. Um, also, I, today I want to uh, take, a, take a moment to thank wholeheartedly Fullerton Free Community Church in Maryland. This past week, I got a um, I got a message from someone from Fullerton, and uh, he let me know that everybody at the church had talked and they wanted to donate money towards this podcast. Um, it, it just is so awesome. Um, I I love the opportunity to do this podcast for all of you, all the people that listen. Um, It's even more meaningful to hear from you, uh, to hear from people saying, hey, you know what, Um, when you did that interview, it was really important. Or when you talked to so-and-so, that really helped me in this area. It's great to hear because it it means I'm not just speaking into a microphone, you know, in my house or in my office to nobody. Um, it, It matters that this matters. Um, but, but thirdly, um, as Fullerton has done here, being willing to donate, um, towards this podcast, uh, you know, that just means so much to me, um, because it, it's that additional step. I mean, it shows that, um, those of you who, who have done that over the years, um, and there have been many, um, again, going back to General Conference, um, to even provide us the opportunity to have a booth at General Conference. Uh, that was all funded by you. And so uh, that just means even more to me, uh, if it can, because 
uh, it just shows that, hey, I'm not only interested in this, I'm not only benefiting from this, but I'm actually interested in investing in this um, and making sure that this continues to, to happen. So thanks so much again um, to, the, to the Church in Maryland um, for your donation, and, and I will do my best to continue to produce the content uh, that will benefit you and will benefit the church and benefit the people that are listening. Um, and again, I, I can't say thanks enough. Um, speaking of content that we've had on this uh, podcast, uh, back some time ago, it was right following uh, General Conference in, in summer, we had an episode, it was episode 120, uh, I'm sorry, 112. It was 112, 112. And in that episode, we interviewed um, Al Mellinger. You may remember him. He's in charge of the Marketplace Mana, him and his wife, Al and Diane Mellinger. And uh, so I specifically bring this up again to say, uh, if you're a reader of Light and Life magazine, this December issue, they have um, done a two-page article on Marketplace Mana, and the title is Marketplace Mana Supports the Worldwide Church. I'd certainly suggest that you go over and read the article, but if you're a new listener and you've already read the article from Light and Life, then you can uh, hear a, maybe it was like 40, 45-minute interview with Al, um, and that was on episode one. So all of our previous episodes are available for re-download, so you can go back and listen to them if you want. Um, and, and that's something that uh, one of the big things that kind of uh, inspired me to do this podcast early on was reading articles in Light and Life and saying, wow, that was amazing. I want to know even more about this ministry. Um, and so, of course, you know, in the magazine format, they're able to do two pages, and they and what Jeff has done, Jeff Finley wrote this article, for example, he's able to consolidate it all down to the, the key information, the most important stuff that is going to jump off the page that's going to stick in your mind um, and of course he's great at that because he's done this for years um, and so what we're able to do is is add on to that um, and kind of support that in the sense that we're able to talk about maybe some things that aren't the the key um, aspects we're able to talk about those but we're able to get into some of the more detailed um, aspects as well of what Al does how it all started you know uh, some of those types of things so um, again that just kind of comes alongside light and life and, and I try to do that and in fact uh, next week's podcast I don't want to give it away but I will give you a clue next week's podcast we will interview uh, one of the other authors from the December light and life issue as well so uh, we will be talking on on an issue that that uh, this individual, I won't say anymore, this individual wrote on uh, this past month in the December Light and Life. Um, and speaking of Light and Life, I wanted to also just announce, this came out, I think, last month, but I just wanted to announce to you, if you haven't seen the page on Light and Life of the 2020 themes, the themes that are going to be coming up next year. And of course, there's 12 of them because every month they come out with a new issue. So I'll read through them for you today. Um, Love God. Love people, make disciples. Those are our first three in January, February, March. And then it moves on to unstoppable grace, sanctified sexuality, racial unity, strangers in the world, bridging generations, above board, miracles, hunger and thirst, and the message of the cross. So, of course, that's... that's a wide variety of things this next year. A lot, I should say, of themes 
this next year, um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, I, I think the thing that jumps off the page to me the most of these 12 topics is miracles. I've always found that kind of interesting. Um, people's perspectives or, you know, hearing stories of miracles. And I've always been this person that's been so rational that I always want to know, well, is this a miracle or or is it possible that it's something else? You know, and, and there's so many things out there. So anyways, I'm interested in seeing that from this list. It looks like that'll be coming out in October. So we still have some time before we get to the issue on miracles. Um, but uh, there's other ones that I'm interested in too, because it just doesn't, I don't know what it means. Above board. What is that theme? I, I don't know. Um, but uh, I'm excited to find out uh, what that specifically means. And so we got a whole new year of light and life coming to you. Um, and uh, I'm excited to kind of come alongside, as we've just said with the a moment ago to come alongside some of this and maybe build off some of these themes and have conversations here, some series um, based upon miracles or sexuality or, you know, generations or, you know, racial unity. Those types of things would be kind of cool to kind of continue the conversation here as well. Um, okay. All of that being said, um, I want to go over to our Free Methodist World Missions Prayer Guide, if I can pull up the right tab here. And uh, yes, we're looking at the ninth. So today we are to pray. This is crazy. We're praying for Bulgaria. I say it's crazy because um, the connection with Al Mellinger, and we were just talking about him in his article, and uh, they are connected with Bulgaria. And so um, let's go ahead and read what it says here. Pray for the churches in Bulgaria as they reach out to needy children in their communities by giving them Christmas boxes. Ask the Lord to provide connections with parents as the churches use this tangible means of demonstrating the love of Christ. So let's go ahead and, and pray for Bulgaria now. Dear God, we just uh, pray for these churches that are in Bulgaria, and we thank you that uh, they have the resources here to be able to reach out to the needy children um, in their communities. Um, we pray that this wouldn't just be a, um, a fun time. That That is something that we do ask, that it, that it would be fun, that it would be a, um, a joyous time. But we pray that it wouldn't really end there, that it wouldn't just end with somebody getting a gift and saying, that was a lot of fun. I want to do that again next year. Uh, but that there would be a deeper connection made, that they would understand the reason for the giving, that they would understand the gifts as not just a tangible something to hang on to or, you know, a needed item like some soap or, or you know, whatever it is, but that it would be uh, a tangible means, as it says here, of demonstrating the love of Jesus, that people would understand your love through this gift that is given. Um, and uh, in and of itself, a gift, a simple gift, seems like how, how could it demonstrate the love of Jesus, just as the gift of, of something inside a box? But we know that, that supernaturally you're going to use it to get to this next level in people's lives. You're going to um, reach them and, with your love. And um, we just pray that you will give the people in Bulgaria the right thing to say, the right thing to do um, as they interact with, the, with all of these people. And we just uh, also, we just ask um, for the, the connection with Marketplace Mana, with uh, Al and Diane Mellinger, as we've just talked about them a moment ago. It seems um, interesting that this, this country, again, Bulgaria, came up. And uh, we just pray for all of the work that is going on um, with Marketplace Mana, and we specifically pray for 
their their connection that they've had here to Bulgaria, and we pray that um, you will specifically um, bless Bulgaria through the work of Marketplace Manna, even though I know um, they are connected to other areas as well. But we just uh, thank you for this, and we pray um, that you will continue to um, reach people. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we will be right back in a, in a moment with our first uh, in our Christmas series for this year. A little town of Bethlehem Looks like another silent night Above your deep and dreamless sleep A giant star lights up the sky While you're lying in the dark There shines an everlasting light For the king has left his throne And is sleeping in a manger tonight Tonight Oh Bethlehem What you have missed while you were sleeping God became a man and stepped into your world today. Oh, Bethlehem, you will go down in history as a city with no room for its key while you were sleeping. We're back, and before we get into our uh, next segment, I have to clarify and or I guess correct a mistake that I made multiple times in the first segment. I don't want to go back to re-record all of it because it was a simple mistake. But I, I mentioned for anybody who's looking for the Marketplace Mana episode, I said it was 112. It actually is episode 101. Um, so the Marketplace Mana episode 101, if you're going back to look for it again. And I will actually put a link directly to that in the show notes today. So you can go ahead and click that and, and go straight over on the direct link. Um, so sorry about that. Um, that aside, I, we are going to move into our um, first of these Christmas-themed series that we're having over the next few weeks. And uh, today, I just want to talk about the idea of missing out, of missing out on Christmas, missing out on the birth of Jesus. And uh, just a moment ago, as we transitioned, I played the very beginning of a song that's been out for some time now. It's titled, While You Were Sleeping, by the Casting Crowns Band. And uh, I'll read through those lyrics one more time that just played for you. It says, O little town of Bethlehem, looks like another silent night. Above your deep and dreamless sleep, a giant star lights up the sky. And while you're lying in the dark, there shines an everlasting light. For the king has left his throne, and he's sleeping in a manger tonight. O Bethlehem, what you have missed while you were sleeping. For God became a man and stepped into your world today. O Bethlehem, you will go down in history as a city with no room for its king while you were sleeping. And we know this story that Jesus, you know, was born in Bethlehem, but can you imagine as these verses say here, can you imagine sleeping 
through the birth of Jesus. You know, everything given that we know now about Jesus, we would think, man, if I could have had the chance to be there, wouldn't that be amazing to be at the birth of Jesus or to be there when he did the miracles? You know, we think at different points of his life and we think of how amazing it would be to see that firsthand. But what if years later, you kind of look back on the story and you realize, wait a minute, I was a mile from that place. Jesus was born in Bethlehem around the time of the census. Like I was living a mile from there and you were sleeping the whole night and you realized you had slept through the birth of Jesus, this amazing thing. And you, you could have been there, but you weren't there. Wouldn't that be crazy? And, and, and this seems like, probably to most people, a, a normal night. You know, things are going about as they always do in Bethlehem on this night that Jesus was born. But of course, we see kind of the behind the scenes in, for example, the book of Luke, that there's so much more going on in the most unlikely places of all. You know, shepherds are being told to celebrate. An uncommon star is shining in the sky. And a baby is being born in a in a manger, a cave, whatever we want to decide that was, but the baby is being born in the most unlikely type of place. Now, all of this happened, we know, because there was no room for them in the inn, right? Luke 2, 7 tells us that, to use the words of the NIV, she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Now, kind of as a side note, something that I found out recently uh, that's really interesting is there's no innkeeper in any of the stories. You know, search your, search your Bibles. There's never an innkeeper. I always thought there was that innkeeper figure that told them specifically, there's no room for you here in the inn. Uh, that is actually not true. There's a lot of kind of misconceptions about the Christmas story that we've gotten from cartoons or whatever over the years. There was no innkeeper specifically mentioned in the story, but of course, you know, we, we put those, we put two and two together. We kind of logically think through it. Well, there was no guest room for them in the inn. There was no room for them in the inn. Well, if there's an inn, there had to have been an innkeeper. And once again, think through it through this lens of like what we just read in the Casting Crowns lyrics. Like if this innkeeper said to Mary and Joseph, there's no room for you here, I'm sorry, but you know, we have this room out back. If that's the case, then this innkeeper, like on his own property, missed the first Christmas. Can you imagine being that close to this event and being so busy? I mean, you're doing your job, right? You're, you're keeping things going at the end. It's a busy time. The census, people are coming in and you're booked solid. You got maybe people calling for room service, right? Uh, but can you imagine looking back on this event and realizing you were so close to this event, but you missed it. It was right in front of your eyes, but you missed what Christmas was all about, to, to borrow that phrase from Linus, from, from Snoopy, right? From Charlie Brown's Christmas. What if you missed what it was all about? And this brings me to an unlikely place, possibly, uh, but it brings us to a witch. And you say, well, I thought Halloween was over, right? I mean, we, we've just put away the Halloween direction, decorations. Let's not you know, start, start with the witches again. But I find this story so fascinating. In every culture, in every country, there are often different gift givers. So, of course, here in America, we're familiar with Santa based on St. Nicholas. And Santa, I mean, is only loosely, I would say, tied to St. Nicholas. I mean, he has the ties of, 
Santa has the ties of gift giving, just as Saint Nicholas was said to be a, a, a gift giver. All these things, but you know, Santa, a, a, a big fat guy in a red suit that flies around with reindeer, and you know, lives in the North Pole. Like most of it's, you know, it's a fun story. It's a, it's a story. It's a, it's a fictional story that really, at the end of the day. The Santa story in and of itself, unless we get get into the historical figure of St. Nicholas, the Santa story in and of itself is not that amazing or powerful of a story. You know, when we tell it, we don't go, wow, that, that really has a good meaning to it. How, you know, Santa flies on his sleigh and eats the cookies, you know, and drops off the presents. It's not that meaningful. But in Italy, there's an amazing, meaningful story about a gift giver called La Bafana. And this is where the witch comes in because La Bafana is a witch. It's very strange to hear about a Christmas witch, but in Italy, it's very normal. Now, we know what does Santa fly with? We've just said, right? In the story, Santa flies with his reindeer and his sleigh, his magical sleigh. Well, what would a witch fly with? If you're thinking about it, you're right. Yes, a witch flies with a broom. So in Italy, the gift giver flies on her broom to deliver the gifts to the good girls and the good boys. Now, the story behind La Bafana is where it's extremely fascinating because La Bafana, fictionally, of course, the story goes, was living in a cottage near a main road. And as she lived in this little cottage, she would often go with her broom out front to the front stoop and she would go at the end of the night and she would brush it off and, and watch as the caravans passed by, many camels, many, all sorts of people from all over the world. They would travel by on this main road near La Bafana's cottage. And so she saw different people passing by. Sometimes they would stop by, they'd have conversations. It was always an interesting time while she was out there, you know, brushing off the front stoop with her with her broom. And uh, she would love to just sit out there and, and have conversations. And so one day she kind of finishes up her, her cleaning up for the for the night and she goes in and she's she's sitting down, kind of resting for the evening, about to get ready for bed, and she hears someone knocking on the door. She says, Well who in the world could be knocking on my door at this time of night? And so she opens the door a crack to kind of see who it is. She lives by the main road, but she's not stupid. I mean, she has people passing by all the time, but this late at night, it's odd to get a knock on the door. And she opens the door, and there's some men standing outside she's never seen before. They identify themselves as wise men. They say, hey, have you seen this bright star in the sky? Have you seen this really bright star? She says, well, yes, as I've... As I've been uh, working outside here and there in the evenings, I've seen that star. It is awfully bright, isn't it? And they said, yes. You know, we have been following the star. They said, you know, we have, we have believed that there is a baby to be born and that this could be the promised one, the Messiah. And as Allah Bafana hears the story, she feels her heart soaring. She says, Wow, a baby being born, the Messiah, what could this mean? The promised one, the, the chosen child. Oh, wow, I, I don't know everything, but this sounds amazing what these wise men are speaking of. 
And as they speak to her, and they've asked for some rations on the way, and she prepares a little something for them and hands it over, they tell her, as they can see her interests, they say, well, would you like to come along? You know, leave things here at the cottage. You could always come back. Would you like to come along with us and, and visit the baby for yourself? Well, when Labafana receives the invitation, she feels once again that longing in her spirit. She feels, oh, that's the only thing I want to do. But then she kind of glances over to the left and the right, and she sees her broom sitting up against the wall, and she sees a stack of, you know, papers that she needs to file away, and she sees the things that she needs to do in her home, right? And she kind of comes back to reality, and she says, Labafana, strange men coming in the middle of the night, knocking on the door, talking about a star, a baby. This is insane. I, I can't follow strange men in the middle of the night. She says, uh, thank you so much, but I think I'm going to stay home. And so they, they thank her for her hospitality, and these wise men move along. And over the next few nights, as Labafana goes out to the stoop and with her broom and brushes away all of the dust from the day off of her front steps, she looks at the star and she wishes she would have gone. She, she just thinks about this. She, you know, she thinks, oh, I wish I would have gone. And, and as she's doing that, she sees another individual run by. This is a shepherd. As he's running by, she says, where, where are you going in such a hurry? He says, he says, this baby has been born. I've just heard the sky opened up. The angels were singing. A baby is born. He is, it said he is the son of God. Wow, the son of God. Now, Labafana knows the son of God. I, I have to go. I, I must go and see this baby. And so she says, well, I can't go Without a gift, if this is the Messiah, the Son of God, whatever this chosen one, whatever he is, I need to bring something. So she runs into her home and she looks all around and, and she hopes that she can catch up to the shepherd. She says, what could I bring? What could I bring? And she, she, she looks around the room. She knows what the wise men have brought. She, she saw they had gold and frankincense and myrrh, very rich gifts. And as she looks around, she's looking for something comparable in her cottage. But all she can find is this old little doll. She dusts off the doll that had been sitting in the corner. It's not much, but it's better than nothing. Labafana grabs the doll. She runs outside. <clears throat> uh, she believes, I'm going to follow this star, and she looks into the sky. But the star is gone. It has stopped shining. Somewhere in between the shepherd running down the road and Labafana searching for the doll, the star has stopped guiding the way. And so the story of Labafana ends to say that for 2,000 years since the birth of Christ, she has been searching the homes for the Christ. And every Christmas night, she takes gifts and she goes to the homes of the girls and the boys, and she leaves the gift just in case the Christ child was there. Now, again, compare that to the story of Santa Claus. Wow, how powerful, how impactful, because yes, okay, she's a witch. She flies around on a broom. It's kind of weird that she goes into the homes. She's still looking for the Christ child 2,000 years later. There are theological 
issues, I'm sure, that we could get into, right? But think about how powerful that story is. This woman, she had countless opportunities in the fictional story, right? Again, this isn't real, but think of the story. She had, Labafana had countless opportunities to visit this Christ child because she heard the story from the wise men. Then she went out, she saw the star, she kept longing to go. Then she had the opportunity to go with the shepherd. She said, ah, maybe I'll get a gift. And she runs inside. All these opportunities. And then the day came when it was too late. It was too late. And so she continued to search the rest of her existence for all of eternity, for 2,000 plus years now, for all of eternity, she has been searching for the thing that she missed out on. I mean, can you imagine, even, even if it's a fictional story, can you imagine being in that scenario, having to spend all of eternity thinking about and searching for the one thing that you missed out on. And this kind of brings us back to that song by Casting Crowns, because after they sing through the Bethlehem verse that we've already heard, and after they sing through a verse on Jerusalem, they then come to modernity. And they say this, United States of America looks like another silent night. As we're sung to sleep by philosophies that save the trees and kill the children, while we're lying in the dark, there's a shout heard across the eastern sky. For the bridegroom has returned, and he's carried his bride away in the night. America, what will we miss while we are sleeping? Will Jesus come again and leave us slumbering where we lay? America, will we go down in history as a nation with no room for its king? Will we be sleeping? And then it ends with just again, United States of America looks like another silent night. See, it's not really about those living in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. It's not about the innkeeper today. It's not about the legend of Labafana. That's all just a head fake. The reality is it's about you. It's about me. It's about us. It's about our culture. It's about the people that are surrounding us. Will you miss the opportunity to accept him, to find him, before it's too late? Will your closest friend, if you're, if you're a Christian already, if you found Jesus, will your closest friend, your family member, the one that you, you just said, uh, I'm a little too nervous to talk to them, are they going to find Jesus? Are they going to spend eternity like Labafana, wishing they would have gone when they had the chance to the altar to the manger, to the Christ. Wow. Now, in all of this, we have to understand that it's, it's never too late. It's never too late to come to him. If you're listening to this, you say, well, I've gone to church for years, but you know, I've never made that decision. And I have a woman in my church who did that. She went to church for, she's been at church to this same church for about 25, 30 years, and it was only this past summer that she became a Christian because she thought, you know, the things that I've done and, and you know, my past and some of the stuff I don't think, maybe one day when I have it all lined up, maybe one day when I feel at ease. But you're not going to feel at ease without God. You're not going to feel at ease without coming to him first. You know, if anything, you're going to feel the unease as, as anybody who had the opportunity in Bethlehem but didn't go. Or as Labafana felt that unease and has continued to feel legendary, that unease for 2,000 plus years now. 
I want to end um, with a, a kind of a, I guess in this this realm on the podcast, it'll be kind of almost a spoken word format. Um, but as I've spoken over the years, I have sometimes uh, performed somewhat of a skit. Um, this is technically the lyrics to a song by Reliant K. It's called Deathbed. And I want to end today, um, if I were in front of you, I would use some props. Um, but I want to end today by speaking these words to you, telling this story to you. And I want you to maybe hear yourself in the story and think where you plug in. It's a story about a man who lived in the 1940s, has a lot of regrets, and is now on his deathbed. I can feel the death on the sheets covering me. I can't believe that this is the end. But this is my deathbed. I lie here alone. And if I close my eyes tonight, I know I'll be home. The year was 1941. I was eight years old and far, far too young to know that the stories of battles and glory was a tale my kind mother made up for her son. You see, dad was a traveling preacher, teaching the words of the teacher, and mother had sworn he went off to the war, that he died there with honor somewhere on a beach there. But the truth was that he just left once and never returned, which taught me that I should unlearn. Whatever I thought a father should be, I abandoned that thought like he abandoned me. And by 47, I was 14. I acquired a taste for liquor and nicotine. I smoked until I threw up, but I still lit him up for 40 more years like a machine. And right there you have it. That one filthy habit is what got me where I am today. And now I can smell the death on the sheets covering me. I can't believe this is the end. But this is my deathbed. I lie here alone. And if I close my eyes tonight, I know I'll be home. Well, I got married on my 21st. It was eight months before my wife would give birth. And it's easier to be sure you love someone when her father inquires with the barrel of a gun. But the union was far from harmonious. No two people could have been more alone than us. The years would go by. She'd love someone else. And I realized that I hadn't been loved yet myself. From there, it's your typical spiel. If life was a highway, I was drunk at its wheel. I was watching the loose ends all fall apart, and I swear I was destined to fail. Fail from the start. I bowled about six times a week. The bottles of bean kept the memories from me. My marriage had taken a 7-10 split, and along with my pride, my ex-wife took the kids. And now, all these years later, I can smell the death on the sheets that are covering me. And I can't believe this is the end. I can hear those sad memories. They're still haunting me. There's so many things that I'd do again. But this is my deathbed, and I lie here alone. And if I close my eyes tonight, I know I'll be home. Well, I was so scared of Jesus, but he sought me out. 
and had given up hope on the days I have left, but now I cling to the hope of my life in the next. You see, Jesus showed up and he said, before you die, I thought that we might reminisce. See, there was one night in your life when you turned out the lights that you asked for and prayed for, my forgiveness. And if Jesus is like a lamb, then I was like a wolf. And the tears, they soaked my fur. The blood dripped from my fangs. I said, what have I done? But he loved me. And I loved that lamb, Jesus, with every sinful bone. And there I wept alone. My heart was so contrite. I said, Jesus, please forgive me of my crimes. Sanctify this withered heart of mine. Stay with me until my life is through. And on that day, please take me home with you. I can smell the death on the sheets covering me. I can't believe this is the
following me 